If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. Football managers are mentally preparing a full-term report as the European football season gets to the finish line. Few games remaining, bigger prizes on the horizon, and action is intense. The English Premier League title race is on the knife's edge, with these two tussling in the final stretch. Looking for Mane! Mane with another chance, and he's fighting! Phil Morris, here's Jesus with the chance, and Jesus has taken the chance! He's not been on long, he's done the job!
City. Breakthrough. And here's Firmino. And he's Salah. And there's the opening goal. The little Egyptian does it again. Corner. It's pulled out low. Gundogan, first time shot. Takes a deflection. Manchester City have the second goal. Manchester City hoping not to fault and give Liverpool a sniff. It's Leeds United and Newcastle who will attempt the impossible task of taking a point of them. We preview all games to come in England and monitor closely the top four battle and relegation fight. We'll be in Spain, Germany, France and Italy to do same. Also coming up... The way bridges the other way and then Jack hammers it in. Time out, New Orleans. Lead is six. The biggest tonight for Phoenix, seven. They're on a 7-0 run. It's Nance. Historic performance for Chris Paul, 14 of 14. Booker has it in backcourt. Jones on him and draws the foul, 19.2 remaining. Historic performance for Chris Paul, 14 of 14. Booker has it in backcourt. Jones on him and draws the foul, 19.2 remaining. He kept them afloat. How about the big three here in the fourth? Rebound, clutched on to by Paul, and that's it. Game series. The Phoenix Suns have survived. Two great... We're at the tail end of the first round of the NBA playoff. We preview all games to come later and get into the Ghana Premier League match day 27 fixtures. Leaders of Santa Cotico seem to have taken the foot off the gas as they recorded back-to-back defeats. The team United will look to take advantage, but can they? Full preview ahead. If you'd like to send us a message, we'll love to read them via social media accounts, George slash 997 on Facebook, 0551-111-997 on WhatsApp, or you can tweet at us at JoySportsGH. We'll be in the United States to monitor key boxing bouts to come, and we'll be across the Black Maidens clash with Guinea in Cape Coast as they try to make it through in the third round of the FIFA Under-17 Women's World Cup qualifiers. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Ada Jr., and welcome to The Locker Room. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Thanks for staying with us on the show and we begin tonight with the Ghana Premier League. Referee whistles, Keita, it's a goal! Nabi Keita has put up the goal, a lovely drive, beautiful goal! Run over, loops the ball into the area, hits the ball, Akumasia Sati got the goal on the first goal, just this play, got the goal for Akumasia Sati got the goal, the Pokemon Warriors draw first blood. In Thailand again with an opportunity, Kamal Ama has made it two for Thailand. Avoto with the ball then, hits a lovely cross above everybody, ball clears the post, and the phobia bad cries out loud. Carilla trying to move men forward. Yeah, we see Taylor. This can be dangerous. Carilla! Makati! Brilliant goal from Apia Makati. And he's brought the minus back to level 10. What a game we're seeing here. The away fans to my left, to my right are really, really in raptures at the moment. So we are the business end of the Ghana Premier League season. 
uh, but many concerns already for the cruising leaders Asante Kotoko. While the league could potentially have a competitive title race towards the end, second place Bichim United have failed to take advantage with less than eight games to go. Now, the relegation bracket as well seems to be getting intense by the minute. Games of the weekend are vital still then. Let's get some perspective from my colleague Steve Zando, who joins us from Kumasi. Thank you very much, Zando, for your time on the show. And let's begin in Kumasi, where you are. Kotoko seem to be on a downward spiral, don't they? Uh, two defeats on the bounds, and it's rumored Patrick Asma has been suspended for the rest of the season. Are there any signs of trouble amongst the porcupines? Kotoko seems to be on a downward spiral. Should we say that? Well, maybe, George. But I think that the current situation at the club is a cause for worry because it is very unusual on the part of Kotoko to lose two games on the bounce, especially considering their form this season. And look, their head coach, Dr. Prosper Gumnate, in his post-match conference after that 3-1 humiliating defeat to Legon City's FC at the Babayara Sports Stadium last Sunday even admitted that there may be issues, but he was smart to call on the supporters to rally behind the team as they seek to bounce back to winning ways. I think the team maybe is battling or dealing with psychological issues. If you ask, I don't know if complacency has set in owing to the fact that, you know, they had been on top of the Premier League table for so many months. Last week against Legon City's FC was that bad, George. The team couldn't even string passes together for most spells of the game. I mean, they left a lot of spaces at the back for, I mean, Legon City's FC to exploit. A week before was RTU in Tamale and the outcome was telling for everyone. And so the earlier Ogum Mashas is boys to rectify things, the better it will be. Because for me, with eight games to end the campaign, George, we can't see the chase is over. George, we have followed the Ghana Premier League for so long. And even in the last 12 years, we've had Ebiana Stars, Wao Stars and Brooklyn Chelsea winning the league probably from nowhere. So it tells you that it is not always about Asante Kotoko and Akra folk winning the league. And though the Pokopans are seven points ahead of Bichem United heading into this weekend's games. There is still a lot to be played for and this is where I expect Ogum and his boys to show maturity because seven point gap is not a slim margin and so accumulating points even when the team appears to be on a downward spiral will consolidate their position on top of the table and that should start tomorrow with the academy boys. Kotoko needs a reaction ASAP. But George, for tomorrow's Ghana Premier League encounter with Wafa in Sogakope, the Pokopans will be without any of their regular left-backs following the suspensions of Imori Ibrahim and Patrick Asma. You know, George, Imori Ibrahim is serving a one-game ban following for the rest of the season by the club due to misconduct like you indicated. The rest will also be without midfielder Richard Bordu, who is serving a game ban due to yellow card accumulation. Put these issues together, plus the club's current injury situation in camp, and I can tell you that, George, most Kotoko supporters have been left to sit on tenterhooks as the league draws to an end, and these fans can only hope they finish hard to get the desired outcome. It's been eight years and they have not lifted their ultimate. And I can tell you, the supporters are expecting this team to deliver the league trophy. There's eight games left uh, to the end of the season. Let's take a critical look at Kotoko's first four games, shall we? Wafa are relegation favourites. Adriano Stars are locked in a top four battle. Ash Gold can get closer to the top four with consistent performances. And the story is the same for Brickham Chelsea, who are sit. All these teams have something to fight for. And with Kotoko's going form... Can the fans be confident? Well, I think they should be, even though the performance of Kotoko in the last two games shouldn't prompt this automatic confidence. But George, Kotoko beat Wafa in the first round of the campaign. They beat Ebiana Stars by two goals to nail in Doma. And in fact, George, that was Kotoko's first away win against Ebiana Stars in the Ghana Premier League. In the Ashanti Regional Derby, they beat Ashgold by three goals to one in the first round of the campaign. And this is significant because aside that, even at the Golden City Park in Brooklyn, they picked a point on the road. So it means that Kotoko picked 10 points 
points out of 12 against these four teams you mentioned. Yes, the stakes are high and aspirations of these four teams in the last couple of games may be different. But judging from the performance of Kotoko also against these same sides, getting the desired result to get close to the league title is not beyond the porcupines. Even more importantly, apart from the games against Zwafa and Ashgood, which are away fixes, Brooklyn Chelsea and Adriana Stars will be held at the Babayara Sports Stadium. And Kotoko can only induce the confidence levels of their supporters by winning these games. But look, George, I've had Kotoko supporters who tell me that if Kotoko cannot beat this Wafa team that has lost some touch in their play, then the team has no business winning the league trophy and participating in Africa. It will interest you to know that, George, this season, the team has lost four games in the league. They have lost to Sharks, Kim Fraser, RTU, and Legon City's FC. Apart from Legon City's FC, all the teams are being threatened with relegation because, I mean, they have not been that good. So I think that the fans should be confident, actually. And if they can't beat um, these teams you mentioned, then they should forget about Africa. Well, Zando, I think there's a need to pay some attention then to Bechem United as well. On all three occasions, Komasi has signed to draw points. Bechem have failed to take advantage. Is it safe to say they are not interested in winning the league, especially with the added responsibility of competing in Africa? Well, I don't think Bechem United wouldn't love to win the Ghana Premier League trophy. I think they are very much interested, but just that sometimes you need a physical strength to chart the course of achieving your ambition. Look, like I indicated earlier, Brooklyn Chelsea, Adriana Stars, where all stars have won the league before in the last 12 years, and in the seasons they won the trophy, you could clearly see that they had the players who were mentally prepared to push the ambition of the club, and that is why they delivered. I think this season, Bechem United has always been about August Nokra, who returned to the club before the league commenced and it's even evident he's the live wire of the hunters because he has scored 12 goals so far in the league and most of these goals were crucial in winning matches for the club yes the team has not capitalized on Kotoko's recent slump in the last two games and will make it appear as though and um, they don't have what well, the mental fortitude to challenge the league trophy but George I also think maybe just maybe and um, they were not lucky with the team they played in these last two games the game against 11 wonders was an away game and in the GPL as always Away games are always difficult for clubs like Bechem United, so they lost that game. But I wasn't surprised, but rather I was a bit surprised they couldn't beat, you know, Karela United, even though Karela United can always be a tricky side. Bechem United is just seven points away from Kotoko, and with seven points, George, we are talking about two games or even three. We have eight games to conclude this current season. And so what I want to see from Bechem United is that players like Hafiz Konkoni, Francis Trene, Captain Kofi Agbashime, uh, should pick more responsibilities during games to complement the efforts of Augustin Okra, who has been their star man this season. Let's focus on the relegation battle now because it's very, very interesting. I think the dynamic changes every other week. 12th place, the Crown Lions are only five points off the drop zone. Dreams of Seek and Faisal, Real Tamale United are all in the mix. Fine margins, really. Uh, no one really knows where it's going to end. But what can we look forward to this weekend? Look, George, to put it bluntly, I think Elmina Sharks won't survive this time. You remember, after Neo Odate Lamte left the club, the team went about nine games without a win, and they lost most of these games within this space when Malam Yaya took over, and that is where they lost it all. The team has appeared relegation battlers in the last few seasons, and currently, they sit bottom with 20 points. Their next game is against high-flying Legon City's FC, and I don't see them getting something out of this game. If I look at their last run of fixtures, they have Kotoko, Olympics, Ashgold, Chelsea, media to negotiate with and I don't think they can survive this test. 
Now, Accra Lions are 12 with 33 points, five points above the drop zone. Dreams FC also have 32 points on the 13th spot, and they are just four points away from the bottom three. Kim Fraser, who have been very disappointing in the last eight games, are 13th with 30 points, just two points off the drop zone. Look, for Fraser, I think they had internal problems to deal with, and because this is the side that started the league on a very good note, winning against Kotoko, winning by scoring three goals in Doma against Adriana Sass as well. We have picked on confirmed reports of misconduct on the part of the playing body and we even asked their former coach you know Udin Amadou who led the team in the first one when they were doing so well if the betting allegations in camp were true but he denied those claims interestingly George in the last eight games they have not won six of the seven defeats they suffered ended in a one-nil scoreline and the exception is the two-nil defeat to Ashgold George this is an interesting consistency it will be painful to see them drop to the division one if they are not able to survive these last games because in the first half of the league season, I mean, they were excellent, but I mean, they have some tough fixtures to look forward to as well. Games against Bicham United on Sunday, that of Hasselfolk, Karela United Olympics will get the Inshallah boys cracking their brain. Now, for Dreams FC, though, they are the joint highest scoring side in the league this season. They are on top with the Kotoko with 38 goals, but they have conceded hooping 36 goals, and that's astonishing. Clearly, their defense is the reason they are here, and with the appointment of enterprising coach Ignatius Osefosu, I mean, they can only hope to survive this space. They are at the Accra Sports Stadium to play House of Folk this weekend. After that, I mean, they have to worry about fixtures against the likes of Adriana Stars, Ashgold, Brooklyn Chelsea, and Mediama Sporting Club. For Accra Lions, you would love the model of the club, but with their current position, I personally think, I mean, they could have done a lot better. Coach Ibrahim Tanko wasn't happy with the red card Rashid Abubakar attracted in their last game against Accra House of Folk when they lost by three goals to nil. In fact, he even referred to that challenge by the midfielder as stupid. I just think that they have what it takes to maintain their status quo as Premier League participants if you look at their last games as well. But in a nutshell, I think we can all look forward to an interesting end to the league this season, especially with the relegation battle. Until the final whistle is blown to end the 2021-2022 league campaign, most of the teams will not be safe. Finally, Zando, can you tell us uh, about the fixtures you are very, very interested in and why Ghana Premier League followers should pay attention to them? For this weekend, we have 11 Wonders versus Great Olympics in Tachiman, Wafa versus Kotoko in Sogakope, Brooklyn Chelsea is off to Obwasi to lock horns with Ash Gold, Hasofoko host Dreams FC at Accra Sports Stadium, Karela United also have a date against Bibiani Gold Stars, we have Kim Fraser versus Bechem United, Legon City's FC against Sharks, and RTU will be playing against Accra Lions. These are the March the 27 fixes. Obviously, Kotoko versus Wafa will attract a lot of interest because the Pokopans are seeking to bounce back to win ways against the Academy Boys. Wafa themselves are also in the drop zone and that should make the game competitive. Hasafok for me can't win the league this season but they would want to get a positive result to get you know a respectable position in the end. I don't know if Ignatius will be on the touchline for Dreams FC this weekend because he wasn't on the bench last weekend against Fraser. But if he'll be I think this game will come a bit too early for my good friend Ignatius. So Dreams FC not too far from the drop zone and with Hasafok seeking to get a respectable position in the end this game should attract some interest as well. Kim Fraser versus Bechem United in Kumasi is another game to look forward to. Fraser is hoping to bounce back to winning ways after eight games, and the Hunters, Bechem United as well, would want to make a statement that indeed they can rock shoulders with the big boys in the Ghana Premier League in terms of challenging for the league trophy. Thank you very much, Steve, for your time on the show, and there's certainly more football to come on the locker room. And now, time to reflect on the European action all week and a quick look ahead to the weekend's games to come. 
As always, I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett on the Joy Sports BBC Two-Way Series. Enjoy this, and we're back with more. Thanks, John, for your time on the show. Always great to have you on the locker room, you know, John. And look, it's advantage English teams after the first round, the semi-final UEFA Champions League games. An interesting game, really, on Tuesday between Manchester City and Real Madrid. A win for Manchester City, but there will be a slight feeling of disappointment hanging in somewhere there for Manchester City, knowing that they could have easily won this by a bigger margin, right? Hi, George. Great to speak to you again. Yeah, I think Manchester City almost, it would have felt like a defeat going back into the dressing room at the Etihad Stadium after that game because it should be a bigger margin of victory. They should be taking a bigger advantage to the Bernabeu on Wednesday. Um, they were running away with it, weren't they? 2-0 up after 11 minutes, then Real Madrid pegged them back. It's that champion's mentality that Real Madrid have. The fact that they've won it four times in recent years. The fact that in the history of the club, they've won the European Cup 13 times. It just means that this club, those players, have a different character. They manage to hang on in there. They manage to never be beaten. We've seen that particularly this season, haven't we? Against Paris Saint-Germain, against your Chelsea team as well, now against Manchester City. I still feel that City are the favourites in the second leg, particularly after the character they showed in the quarterfinals when they went to play Atletico Madrid in Madrid and showed a different side to their, their play. It wasn't the beautiful, fluid football. It was a really backs-against-the-wall performance, so they, they've proved they have more than one face, um, so to speak, uh, as, as a football team. So I, I still think Manchester City are the favourites, but Real Madrid are still in it. They're very reliant on individuals. The likes of Luka Modric and Karim Benzema and Thibaut Courtois. If those three are at the, at the top of their game, then Real Madrid have a chance, but I still feel that Manchester City are the favourites because of that one-goal advantage, because of the superiority of their team and of their squad. John, for Liverpool, you would only expect them to go on and finish a job in Villarreal next week. Is that not the case? Yeah, I can't see Villarreal getting back into it. I could see Villarreal scoring. Um, remember, if you go back to the last round, the quarterfinals, a lot of people have forgotten this. They've focused on the second leg against Bayern Munich. But in the first leg against Bayern Munich, when Villarreal were at home, they completely outplayed the German champions. And I'm not exaggerating, it could have been 3 or 4-0. So Villarreal aren't just a team who sit back and defend. They have this opportunity to be a bit more attacking. I think they'll be desperately hoping that Gerard Moreno is fit because they really missed him in the first leg. So I can see Villarreal scoring, but I can't see them keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool. The one worry for me for Liverpool at the moment is the amount of fixtures in such a short period of time. They played Villarreal on Wednesday night. Then they're playing Newcastle in the early game on Saturday. That's a tight turnaround before playing Villarreal again away from home on Tuesday. So it's a tight turnaround. But Jurgen Klopp, he's managed to rotate his squad, hasn't he? He's managed to keep the, the, the top players fresh. So I think Liverpool should have no problems when they play in Spain in that second leg. With victories over Chelsea and Manchester United on a spin, Arsenal turned up big in the last two weeks, have they not? But that has been the story of Arsenal this season. Now they face West Ham on Sunday. Can we expect them to falter again? Or have they shown enough versus Chelsea and Manchester to go on to seal fourth place in the English Premier League, John? 
Yeah, I've been really impressed by Arsenal, their character, uh, because they had this poor run of games, didn't they, where they lost to Crystal Palace, lost to Brighton, lost to Southampton, but then to, to beat Chelsea away from home and then to beat Manchester United at home, really strong character for, from Arsenal. This weekend they play West Ham, I think are going to be very, very distracted by the prospect of a second leg against Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League semi-final. So I think West Ham will play a weaker squad. They're running out of centre-back options, West Ham, as well after Craig Dawson was sent off last weekend in the Premier League. So it should be a comfortable win for Arsenal. After that, some pretty tough fixtures, though, for the Gunners. They play Leeds, who are in good form, unbeaten in five. They play them at home. Then it's the North London derby, which could be really the decider in this race for the top four. Then it's Newcastle, away from home. Newcastle, going into this weekend, have won six on the trot at St James's Park, so that's a really tough game. And final day of the season, they're playing Everton, who could be fighting to stay up in the Premier League. So it's a tough run of games for Arsenal. I think it all comes down to that North London derby, and it's, it's at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So I still feel there are bumps in the road. Despite the fact that Arsenal played really well against Chelsea and against Manchester United, I still feel that it, it, Tottenham, for me, will probably edge this, this race to the top four. It was a chaotic game, wasn't it, that game against Manchester United? A, a better Manchester United team could have, could have easily won that game. That worries me slightly that Arsenal don't really seem to be in control of many games. Even the, the win against Chelsea, on a different day, Chelsea could have won that game. Arsenal were never really in control. So... That worries me slightly, and I feel that Tottenham may just nick that fourth spot. Yeah, John, it's not been straightforward for Antonio Conte. Well, he's done some good work with Tottenham Hotspurs, hasn't he? Now, two points away from the top four, he has a game against Arsenal. By giving Conte's pedigree, that's the current Tottenham squad. Give him that kind of room to make them real Premier League contenders. Next season, Premier League contenders, well, I think that's a, that's a big jump. Antonio Conte is a fantastic manager, and if he's given backing in the transfer window then maybe there's an opportunity but I'll give you two reasons why I don't think that's possible um, the first is the strength of Manchester City and Liverpool I think they are streets ahead I think they'll continue to be streets ahead the fact that Jurgen Klopp has signed a new two-year contract extension shows he's here to stay Pep Guardiola here to stay as well so yeah I just can't see at the moment any team even Chelsea getting close to Manchester City and Liverpool next season and, and the second reason why I don't think there'll be Premier League contenders next next season is I don't feel he will get the backing in the transfer market that he would want from Daniel Levy and, and the Tottenham board. Antonio Conte is a great manager, but he's built great teams through spending a lot of money. And I don't think he will get the amount of money he needs to turn Tottenham into a Premier League contender. And there's rumours, aren't there, that he might even leave. Paris Saint-Germain have been mentioned. Maybe Pochettino will go back to Tottenham and um, Conte will go to Paris Saint-Germain. It's all rumours at the moment, but yeah, it's, it's all about how much money he is given in the transfer market. At this point, Burnley and Everton are locked in a battle for safety, but judging from the most recent games and upcoming fixtures, which of the teams has a better chance, John? Well, despite the fact that Everton have a game in hand, I think Burnley are in a strong position because they have momentum and they have, for me, a comfortable fixture list as well. We all thought that sacking Sean Dyche was a crazy decision, but the Burnley owners have been proved correct, haven't they? Because there's been a real bump in form for Burnley. They, they should have beaten West Ham away from home. They got a very good 1-1 draw. Then they beat Southampton 2-0. Then they beat Wolves 1-0. And listen to these next few fixtures. They're playing Watford away from home. 
very much a winnable game. They're playing Burn. They're playing Aston Villa at home. Aston Villa in awful form at the moment. Very winnable. They go to Tottenham, which I think is a tough game. They probably lose that one. But then they play Aston Villa again away from home. Then they play Newcastle at home. So for for me, they can easily there pick up possibly six, possibly even nine points from those that, that final five games, which would put Everton into deep, deep trouble. So it's all about continuing the momentum. I don't think Watford's an easy game, don't get me wrong, this weekend. But Burnley have the momentum. They've kept two clean sheets in a row. They're creating a lot of problems in attack. They're scoring goals. So I, th- I think Burnley are in a better position than Everton, despite the fact that Everton have a game in hand to stay in the Premier League. That is Liverpool up against Newcastle. It's a big one. And we also know that Man City play against Leeds United as we keep our taps on the title race. I think it's a really tough weekend, actually, for Liverpool and Manchester City. Liverpool have got the chance to pile the pressure on Man City on Saturday because they play first. So if Liverpool beat Newcastle in the early game, they'll be two points clear of Man City by the time Man City play Leeds in the late game. And Liverpool's opponents, Newcastle, they're in great form. They've won the last four games. They've won their last six games at home. They haven't lost at home in the Premier League since they played Manchester City on December the 19th, I think it was. As for Manchester City, they face a Leeds team who are unbeaten in their last five matches as well. So that's going to be tough. I do feel that Liverpool and Manchester City are going to get the wins this weekend. But it's a very, very challenging weekend for them. Particularly when you think that both of them perhaps will be distracted by the prospect of the the second leg of the Champions League semi-finals coming up. Particularly Real Madrid Madrid against Manchester City. That, That particularly will... I think distract Manchester City because that is a, still a very close tie. So you wonder what changes Pep Guardiola will make. So I do think Manchester City and Liverpool will win this weekend, but it's a very, very challenging weekend for them. Thanks, Sean, for your time on the show as always. And now time to tell you about the big games to keep an eye on. In England, aside that Chelsea play against Everton on Sunday, there's West Ham United up against Arsenal. We got Manchester United playing against Brentford and Spurs play against Leicester City. In Spain, Leaders Real Madrid can wrap up the league title against Espanyol. They need a win there. Athletic Club will play against Atletico Madrid. And Barcelona play against Mallorca. In Italy, AC Milan now in control of the title race play against Fiorentina. Juventus face Venezia and Internacional play against Udinese. In Germany, Dortmund up against Bochum. Mainz play against the champions Bayern Munich. Remember, West Ham versus Arsenal is our commentary game on the Joy Sports Arena on Sunday. And you want to join us for that. NBA next. The way bridges the other way, and then jackhammers it in. Timeout, New Orleans. The lead is six. The biggest tonight for Phoenix seven. They're on a seven nothing run. It's Nance driving on Aiton. Whistle, panic, foul. Dancing, driving, shooting, scoring, Paul. 14 of 14, five-point Suns lead. Ingram flies the other way with a finger roll. Historic performance for Chris Paul, 14 of 14. Booker has it in backcourt. Jones on him and draws the foul, 19.2 remaining. Historic performance for Chris Paul, 14 of 14. Booker has it in backcourt. Jones on him and draws the foul, 19.2 remaining. He kept them afloat. How about the big three here in the fourth? 
Eno. Rebound, clutch down to by Paul, and that's it. Game series. The Phoenix Suns have survived. Two great... We have a tail end of the first round of playoffs. By the end of this weekend, we should know which teams will be playing in the second round. So far, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat are two in the East. Now the weekend promises to be filled with tense matchups as teams look to force a Game 7 and secure a place in the next round with a victory in Game 6. So let's get some analysis ahead of the action to come and our NBA reporter Kofi who joins me. Thank you very much, Kofi, for your time. Let's begin with the series to watch then. Philly took commanding 3-0 lead to start the series. However, the Raptors have bounced back and won in a row. Well, unfortunately, the Toronto Raptors in my team have been eliminated from the playoffs. Last night, the Philadelphia 76ers beat them quite handedly um, by, a, by a wide margin, actually. So, Joel Embiid and James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers are advanced to the second round where they'll face the Miami Heat. Um, this was a very good series, though. Um, Philadelphia jumped out to a 3-0 lead, so everyone thought they had control of the series and they would win easily. But the Raptors fought back and won the last two games, you know, making it a bit anxious for Philly. Last night, though, Philly really showed their star prowess. Like I said, Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate this season. Um, he, he's, he won the scoring title. He's an extremely good player from Cameroon, by the way. Um, he, with James Harden, was just too much for the Raptors. Um, in the NBA, you really need star power in the playoffs. In the regular season, you can get by with, 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 with good players. But in the playoffs, that's when the stars, you know, show their class above the rest. And yesterday was just a tale of star power beating out a good team. Um, looking forward to the next series. Philadelphia will have a very tough contest against the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are the first seed in the Eastern Conference. The likes of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, and their coach. Um, it's, it's a very, very, very difficult matchup for Philadelphia. Um, in our second round preview, we'll go into details about that, but that should be interesting. Yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies and Minnesota Timberwolves has been a series full of fireworks. Well, the Memphis Grizzlies were the second seed in the Western Conference. Most people expected them to win quite easily, but the Minnesota Timberwolves have put up a great fight led by Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. So game six is tonight actually, and it looks to be a very intense game because of course, um, with a win, Memphis qualifies for the next round. But if the Timberwolves win, they will force a game seven. That will be a do or die affair to see who will qualify for the next round. So it's going to be very interesting. Memphis has one great player in John Morant. He has been exciting all year. In game five, he had an extremely amazing dunk. If you have YouTube, you check it out. John Morant's dunk in game five. It was one of the best dunks you ever see. Um, he's explosive. He's fast. He's he's quick. He's he's exciting, and 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 he should be ready for game six which is tonight and that will be a very great game to watch um i personally think they'll win today and qualify for the next round but i think it's going to be a very close contest and a game that everyone should tune in kofi let's talk about the dallas mavericks against the Utah jazz well just last night the dallas mavericks won the series 4-2 against the utah jazz led by Luka Doncic. They qualify for the first time in 10 years to the second round where they will face the Phoenix Suns, who I'll talk about a little bit later. They, they, they showed their class yesterday. Um, Luka was injured the first two games, so 
they did very well to win without their star but when he came back it was just too much for the utah jazz to handle utah has been quite disappointing led by rudy gobert and donovan mitchell they haven't played up to par or to the expectation that people had for them for the last couple of years so this off season they'll have to find a way to revamp their team for next year but dallas is a, is, a, is, a, is an interesting team going forward like i said luka Doncic, um he's from slovenia an extremely great player he, he was the best player in the euro league before he came to the nba um he's a great point guard controls the 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 flow of the game he he scores a lot gets his teammates involved with good passing and i think the next series is going to be very very interesting in our second round preview we'll give you more info about how they match up against the phoenix suns but luka Doncic, he's one of the best young players in the nba and congratulations to the dallas mavericks for qualifying for the next round uh, finally kofi pelican versus suns last night as well the phoenix suns closed out the new orleans pelicans in a very tight affair led by Chris Paul um, he had a perfect game he, he, he shot 14 baskets and he scored all 14 baskets so that was amazing he's one of the great all-time point guards even though he's he's a bit older now you know he's showing his class and his his his, his pedigree in this series it was it was more difficult than expected because the Phoenix Suns were the first seed in the Western Conference most people thought they'd win in four games straight but they ended up being 4-2 so great great matchup from the pelicans they fought hard but in the end it wasn't enough to pass the phoenix suns the phoenix suns have been the best team all year they finished with the best record in the whole nba so there's a lot of expectation for them to make a long run to the towards the championship next round is going to be against the dallas mavericks and that will be a great matchup between two of the best point guards in the nba Kofi for the neutrals game seven is a dream come true a do or die affair with all the anxiety and pressure we crave for our sports fans. Thank you very much for our time and we look forward to all of that. So we can end on the boxing note. Six two, six foot. He said, a modern day Ernie Shaver from Dillian White. Better does it get than this? 94,000 people, Capital Stadium, in my own country's capital city. It does not get any better than this. 94,000 people broke all records in boxing in modern day history. You know, we was touching him with a jab, breaking him up with a jab and the check hook. I wanted him to keep going downstairs with them hooks to the body. And at the right time, I was going to bring the right uppercut straight through the middle. And I saw it slip, bang. It landed like a peach, bang on the chin, and I knew it was over. And when the referee was allowing him to continue, I was like, no, 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 do not. Because it's them times where they take one more punch and they end up disabled. I've got no animosity towards Dylan White. Um, you know, he's a great fighter, but he fought a legend in here tonight. WBC champion Tyson Fury produced a stunning one-punch stoppage in the sit round to beat fellow Britain Dylan White, and then insisted he retire from boxing. Fury dominated what was a scrappy bout and then unleashed a vicious right uppercut. Fury, as expected, took the microphone and treated his fans to his own rendition of the American Pie in the ring following his victory. Now, it was a sing song to end the perfect homecoming party for Fury, who was boxing in the United Kingdom for the first time since 2018. He said before the fight, this will be his last, that by boxing at Wembley, he had reached his pinnacle. His compatriot Anthony Joshua is likely to rematch Ukraine's WBA, IBF, and WBO champion. Alexander Usyk this summer. 
Now, the lure of fighting the winner for all the builds and the lucrative nature it brings, particularly if Joshua is victorious, could just tempt Fury to halt his retirement plans. So how far away are we from seeing Fury again? And what factors will propel that? Boxing specialist Nathaniel Atto has joined me on the line with some answers. Thank you very much, Nat, for your time on the show. And back to talk about, about really, uh, we previewed last week. So with Tyson Fury announcing his retirement, who do you see, first of all, taking over as the man to beat in the division? Well, in the current scheme of things, I would want to stick a neck out for Alexander Uzik, the man who has gone 19 bouts unscathed. The man who was a gold medalist in the 2012 London Olympic Games and was successful at other multi-sport events. The Ukrainian who is carrying on a legacy that has been solidified by the Klitschkov brothers. I'm talking about Vitaly, the WBC champion, and Vladimir, who held the other three titles in the heavyweight division. Now, Oleksandr Uzik, remember, is the very first cruiserweight champion to have held all the four major titles. Now, following the unification of these titles, he went ahead to become a world champion in the heavyweight division. And that has been done by all these three boxers, including the legendary Evander Holyfield. So let's take a look at, you know, a few reasons why. Now, let's look at the ring craft. Now, um, Alexander Uzik is a man who gets the job done. He is a, a tough puncher. He is very well skilled. He has very good ring movement and he takes the fight to his opponents now um he after going 19 bouts definitely you're asking yourself why is it that nobody has found the solution to him the big question then is will anthony joshua be able to stage a comeback against uh alexander Uzik like he did against um andy ruiz jr so all of these are major, you know, things that we need to consider. But for now, for now, as things stand, I would want to stick a neck out for Alexander Uzik. Um, it is very tricky what could happen in the bout against um, Anthony Joshua, but I see him as the man. I uh, do remember that uh, Ukraine as a nation is going through a lot. And sport is a major place where Ukraine draws a lot of its national pride and, um, you know, sells itself to the rest of the world. Um, Andrei Shevchenko did his bit in football, the Klitschko brothers, you know, we have uh, some athletes who have also done great, you know, from Ukraine and uh, have been flying the Ukrainian flag high over the, f the last few years. So... All of these come to play when considering who will uh, step up to the plate. And of course, um, with all of these expectations weighing on his shoulder, I do not think that he would want to let this go. And so he is the man and I'm looking forward to seeing who could get it right with him. Yeah, Nats, but there is an interesting twist, uh, you know, as Paris, Fury's wife, has indicated that only a unification bout can tempt the Gypsy Kin to come out of retirement. George, you do remember that in previous editions of the show, I told you that um, I still do not feel that this is the time for the Gypsy King to retire, even though he has given a lot of proof about what he can do in the ring. Now, let's quickly take a lesson from, you know, the recent past. And I'm talking about uh, the undisputed King, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr., George, Floyd Mayweather Jr. fought every relevant opponent during his prime. 
Now, he fought Shane Mosley. He fought Carlos Manuel Baldomer. He fought uh, Arturo Gatti. He fought, um, you know, Zab Judah. He fought Oscar De La Hoya. He fought Mali Pacquiao. And so you look at all of these and you, you ask yourself, if anybody wants to live up to that name and that accolade, then they must have lived a life in the ring that leaves no stretch of doubt whatsoever you do realize that in recent times and in recent years um you know because of social media and all of that we get a lot of mystery matchups so that um people try to see if uh mike tyson would have done well against uh, muhammad ali who would have won that fight if the two of them had come together in the ring stuff like that now um one of the things you wouldn't want to do is to be sitting back and uh, having people doubt and ask questions about whether or not you would have been able to do X or Y. So for me, I think it is important in as much as it poses a very, very big risk for his clean record and his legacy in the sport. It is something that unfortunately, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but it, it has to be done. And it has to be done so that at the end of the day, there are no questions to uh, be left unanswered. So that big bout against Anthony Joshua, once Anthony Joshua is able to get himself back into the fray of attractive, uh, you know, an attractive woman, definitely it has to happen. And of course, that big clash with Alexander Uzik, it has to happen so that we get to know who really is who. Um, they can do a double, they can do a trilogy. All of it is healthy and good for the sport. But of course, depending on how that uh, first meeting goes, that is if it ever happens, we would be able to see, you know, whether having a second or third installment will be uh, a good dose served you know the boxing audience and the sporting audience around the world so definitely i see him i see him having a few uh, reasons to you know jump out of retirement now um over the years i i do not i have not seen that like for the money or the focus on the money um tyson fury is a man who believes very much in having a peace of mind look he he drives his rose rice very comfortable that he enjoys the golden roses and all of that yes that's true but at the end of the day his his focus is um he has a very human touch to him and the focus is not always about the money but hey once you work hard you need to get paid the gypsy king comes back in 2023 works hard he has to get paid and i'm sure that he may end up breaking a few records you know in in history when it comes to pay-per-view and all of that i mean if he stood before he attracted a 95,000 uh you know size crowd then hey uh, the sky is the limit so um it is very very possible now let's talk about the bit about his wife paris now George, we all do know that family plays a very big role in the scheme of things of everything that people do. Now, family gives people their balance and athletes are topmost on the list. And so the direction of family is what determines, you know, the, the trajectory of, of the athlete's lifespan. And so these conversations will be had in the background. And I believe that uh, there will be a force that will even convince his wife to let him do it one last time or two more times before he finally calls it quits but hey it sure is going to be a very big decision it's going to be a very tough and difficult one many considerations will be made and i'm just hoping that uh boxing becomes the, the biggest winner but hey at the end of the day um it's it's up to fury but i i do have a strong feeling that something something uh could just get him to to come back you know 
as something else. Maybe it won't even be the money and the fact that it will be a record-breaking figure, uh, but something else will just push him to come back and settle all scores and, uh, you know, uh, shut everybody who may have a question or two up. Two boxers are on the card stand, Alexander Uzik and Anthony Joshua, who will have a rematch later this year. So, really, can we see the Gypsy King back in a final battle in 2023? Now, before we let you take leave of us, talk to us about Dylan White. All the conversation has been about Fury, but can we just ask you the question, what's next for White? Well, Dylan White came out to talk about the way he was knocked out, um, that after the, the uppercut, there was a push. So based on that, you know, he deserves to be given a second chance against Tyson Fury. But I do not believe that Tyson Fury will be too motivated to fight Dillian White again. Tyson Fury gave a very legitimate punch. Um, yes, he did push um, Dillian White in that bout. But, I mean, if you look at the effect of the punch, um, look, the push... We couldn't have done anything. Well, I, I personally, from a very technical point of view, would have wished that, um, you know, that 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 uppercut was not followed with anything because, trust me, that uppercut was a very, very dirty one and it will get anybody and ruffle up anybody, you know. So, and that is exactly what we saw. Uh, Dillian White couldn't stand to, on his feet. He couldn't maintain his balance. So, uh, Dillian White has loads and loads of prospects for the future. Um, he did not give uh, a so bad account of himself in the ring against Tyson Fury. And he finds himself within the marquee set of boxers, you know. So, uh, you know, he's fought Chisora already. Uh, very, very big build-up, you know, a lot of controversy, a lot of moments for journalists to talk about at the news conferences and all of that. Uh, he's fought Tyson Fury now. Uh, the focus then will be going around, you know, going around, you know, the Andy Ruizes of this world, you know, the um, Parkers of this world. All of these guys are, are still around. And even if it's not going to be a big title fight, they could fight in some high profile bouts, non-title bouts, which, uh, you know, and he could even settle for some eliminators as well uh, to keep the brand up there and keep uh, his name up there. He's, he's done enough to keep himself up there. And he's also earned a lot of respect, mind you, because in the build up to this fight, one of the things he said was that, listen, he needs to be given the credit that he's due. He's not just the other boxer. He's coming in with his own merits. And truly, he's worked in the ring and, and he's earned them. And if you if you listen to the analysis uh, of, of, of colleagues all over the world, there's a lot of talk about how he was going to give a completely different account of himself. Nobody expected him to even go go down, uh, you know, in the in the, in the in the sixth round of that bout. So, George, um, Dillian White sure does have some very good prospects, and he's going to have some pretty good and decent paydays as well uh, to complement them. Thanks, Nat, for your time on the show. And just before we go. For the first time in a long while, a celebrated Ghanaian footballer has ensured his autobiography is ready even before he retires. The story journey of this man has been documented and will be available tomorrow. Here's a chase for Gian. He's one on two. It is Gian. He's in the area. He scores! Gian is on target. Gian steps up. Stokovic goes the wrong way. And Garner are going the right way. Garner's leading goal scorer in World Cup. It's a chase for Gian. He's one on two. It is Gian. He's in the area. He scores! Garner uh, back in front. A goal of individual brilliance from a Savoie Gian. Matari 
former Ghana captain and top goal scorer Samoa Jan will launch his book Legendary tomorrow at the Kempinski Hotel in Accra. Now, the project is aimed at capturing the great and not so great moments of the former Black Stars captain. And we'll see President Akufuado, CAF President Patrice Bosepe, and Ghana Football Association boss Keto Kraku in attendance. Ahead of the event, Jan has been joined by colleagues on the continent and around the world. One of such is former Senegal captain Ilhaji Douf, who has been speaking to my colleague Gary Al Smith. This week, Sadio has equaled Didier Drogba's uh, record of scoring 14 goals in the knockout stages of the Champions League. How far do you think Sadio can go? What is the end for him? First of all, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. And uh, if you know, if you know Sadio, you if you know Sadio very well, if you uh, being around him, you can tell it's uh, guys to never stop working. He's a hard worker, and Sadio want to only one thing for own his life, beat your record. And I think so today he make it, and uh, for the, he beat the record of DJ Drogba. And it's uh, it's young again. He's only ten years old, and he have five more years. He can uh, beat more more record. And only one thing I have to say. Uh, I pray every day for him to don't have a big injury because we need him and we need him for, 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 for the beautiful game. When I met you at the AFCON before the final, you said if Sadio wins this AFCON and even afterwards, there was no stopping him from winning the big one, the FIFA World Player of the Year. Now, it's quite close. How do you think do you think that he will feel pressured at Liverpool right now? Do you think Sadio will feel pressured knowing that he's one of the players in contention? I don't think so. Sadio can uh, think about that. Sadio is a man who don't think about uh, uh, winning. He's thinking about like winning game first, to being good on the pitch and to making people happy. You know, when you, when you are a player, as someone can tell you, it's about one thing. Uh, we know football is like a collective game. But you have to be individually being very good, first of all. That's why we call you the best, you know. And uh, Sergio think about that. And I, if you see him play, he's happy to play with, uh, with, uh, with everyone collectively. And uh, like what I say to him every time when I have him on the phone, just keep doing what you know to do. Play, have fun, and making people happy, and the rest is going to come easily. Now, we are here for the book, obviously. Um, how important is it that this generation of African players start writing books? Because we know that the older generation didn't leave anything for us. And um, you said your book is also coming. How important is it? Yeah, definitely, like what, we, what I said before, uh, the book we're going to write right now is not about like uh, how good we are. People know how good Asamoah Jani was because uh, if you go to Google, you can, you can see. Same to me. But the most important thing about this book is about like, you can come from zero to be tomorrow a hero. You know, like what I say, my grandparents used to sell fish and peanut. Life was so hard. I remember my first boots of football, you know, and today I'm the happiest man in the world. And uh, it's about how we make it and where we're coming from. And uh, you can be, uh, you can come from uh, this level and to reach the highest level possible about one thing, respect, hard work, and, uh, and uh, like what I always say, respecting your teammate. Because we're winning, uh, we're good because we have a good teammate too. 
I was asking you, how important is it for more and more African players to write their own story? How important is it? Of course, it's very important because uh, tomorrow, uh, in, in 50 years, in 50 years time, uh, this young, this future generation coming, they have to know. Maybe Asamo is not here anymore. I'm not here in 50 years time anymore. I hope I. No, you'll be here. But uh, <laughs> if we are not here at the school, they have to know who's Asamo Jan. He was a top scorer in the World Cup, and he's still the top scorer, African top scorer in the World Cup, and he do it very well and make it African very proud. You know, today we're talking about like World Cup. Uh, since we left the World Cup, I played one World Cup, I played the quarterfinal of the World Cup. Sam, Trasmo, he played two, he played quarterfinal of the World Cup. How amazing he is, and people don't know how hard he is, because World Cup is not like the African Nation Cup, because the World Cup, mentally, mentally, you have to be ready, and you have to fight for the big grown one, like Zidane, like Maradona, like uh, Johan Kruf. That's why they, tell, they call you after the world-class players. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's all time will allow us for the locker room this Friday. Remember to stay right in touch with Joy Sports across the weekend and truly with the upcoming... Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Long holiday. Till we meet next week with another lovely edition of the show. Be good. Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. Allianz. Insurance since 1890. At Allianz Life Ghana. We have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.allianz-gh.com for more inquiries. Allianz Life. We secure your future. Ready for the Hits FM Wrap Your Jersey 2022. Yes. Wake up on your favorite UFO Jersey and let's meet up for a day of fun at the Aviation Social Center. Saturday, 28 May 2022. Exactly. A day of fun. A day filled with lots of activities and climax in it with the UEFA Champions League in the grand style. With live commentary on Hits 103.9 FM and Joy 99.7 FM from the quarterfinals and semifinals. Hashtag Wrap Your Jersey and follow us on social media. Hits FM Rep Your Jess is brought to you by your entertainment station. Hits 103.9 FM are supported by Joy Sports and Joy Prime TV. Hits FM Rep Your Jersey.